The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? Damn good coffee and hot. Check one, two. How about that? Oh, there I am. I hate me. <laughs> good morning. It is Wednesday, October 19th, 2022. I don't know why I'm here. I don't have a lot to say this morning, and I have a lot to do, and the allergies are kicking in. What am I even doing here? Well, I don't know, to be honest with you. To be frank and honest with you, I have no idea what I'm doing here. I'm checking my email. That's what I'm doing. You tune in. You tune in to watch me check my email. I'm biding time until I can break the hearts of people who want me to continue working with them, even though my um, my time with them has come to an end, although they don't see that yet, um, which is kind of sad, right? You want to cry? I want to cry a little bit. Anyway, that's what I'm doing here. So hopefully within the next week or so, get back to normal, start booking some comedians. You know, I have had some very meaningful uh, conversations on the evening program this week. And to be honest with you, I enjoy that more than talking to celebrities and comedians and rock stars and whatever. Um, it's just a, a more fulfilling conversation. You actually get something out of it. You learn something. You grow from conversations like that. So uh, two nights ago, I had uh, Dawn Blair, who was talking about her book, Me and Mr. Monks, which is sort of a, uh, it's kind of like a memoir of uh, a time when, a little dog saved her life. <laughs> Sounds like, wow. Well, no, it's very interesting conversation. Learned a lot about uh, the kind of people who work in animal shelters and hospice along uh, across this great land of ours. Um, special kind of people. And then last night, uh, Dr. Stan Berry who has written a book called uh, The Fight for Full Disclosure, which is about doctors and people in the medical professional uh, profession. Listen, they're just like us in a lot of ways. There, We tend to think that doctors uh, and nurses and people in the medical profession are somehow better than us because they've gotten all this uh, education and whatnot and... Um, a lot of them make a lot of money. That's part of the impression that they're better than us. But um, they're just like us. They, and, and I'm not saying that to say, well, they're not, they're not 
worthy of extra respect for all the education and time put in and dedication to the craft of healing. But I'm saying that from the point of being failed, being subject to the frailty of the human condition. In other words, if you make a mistake, it's natural to want to cover it up, to not broadcast it to the world, to not let anybody know about it. If somebody asks you about it, to get defensive about it. And there's a lot of that in the medical profession. A lot of it is caused by the public are holding doctors to a higher standard. They're never supposed to make a mistake. And when they do, we get Sue crazy. Sue, not run around Sue, lawsuit crazy. Uh, and malpractice fees and uh, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, malpractice suits. Uh, lawyers get involved. Lawyers ruin everything unless you need one. You know, lawyers suck unless you need a good defense lawyer. And uh, lawyers are important. Anyway, uh, the situation we find ourselves in with the medical profession, putting them on the defensive for not being not being able to really even admit to a mistake because if they admit to a mistake, they're opening themselves up to a malpractice lawsuit, which could mean millions of dollars in, in many cases. Insurance companies get involved. It's just an ugly thing. Uh, so part of that is understanding. And my wife is a much better person than me because she, she is understanding. When she had surgery a couple of years ago, I was in the waiting room. It was a one-day thing, one day in the hospital. She wasn't even an overnight stay. She had a uh, growth in her neck, and it had to be surgically removed, gland thing. And it was supposed to take three or four hours, and I was in the waiting room at least eight hours. Finally, the doctor came out, and he was nervous, and he was uh, explaining to me what went wrong. Uh, mistakes were made or things they did not anticipate happen. And she's going to have some scarring. She's going to have Bell's palsy for a while, which she did. And the scarring was tremendous. And she still, to this day, has trouble with the uh, fallout from the uh, operation. My inclination was to sue. Uh, and she said to me, no, she refused to sue. And I was like, this guy fucked you up. He fucked you up. He fucked us up. Uh, and my attitude was he, he made a mistake. He should pay for it. And like a lot of people, I wanted a paycheck for, for his mistake. Now, how many mistakes do you make a day? How many mistakes do I make a day? And people aren't looking to cash in on every mistake we make. That's the difference. And that puts us in a, it's bad for everybody. It puts us in a bad situation where doctors have to walk on eggshells when they're trying to do their best for you. And so it's not a good thing. So that whole conversation was a really good conversation. And we had some laughs along the way. Dr. Barry's a, a fun guy, a good guy. First time author of his first novel based on real-life experiences uh, within that paradigm, within the medical profession. Um, 
so uh, you know, I'm getting to the point where questioning what I'm doing because I, I like I like talking to comedians. I, I especially love talking to musicians. I find that listen when Mishka was here, uh, was here. He wasn't here. He was here <laughs> in Cyberwell. When I talked to Mishka a couple of weeks ago, that was a very fun conversation. But he's not a celebrity. He's not a movie star. He's not uh, not a big name comedian. Not a big name musician or uh, a big name author. He's just not that he's not successful at what he does, and not that he's not very good at what he does. I'm a fan of his work, and that's why it was inspiring for me to talk to him. But I'm finding more satisfaction in talking to normal, everyday people who are writing books and um, not necessarily celebrities, not necessarily entertainers. Um, so there's that. Anyway, I'm not sure what's going on with Dykes and Man, whether they're on hiatus or not, whether there's going to be a show today or not, or tomorrow or not. Uh, seems Carl is doing some last right something on Friday afternoon with Shannon something, uh, promising to have her audio fixed from last time. So look forward to that. Haven't heard from, well, other than on Twitter, haven't heard from Carl in a while. Um, so is that got the allergy thing going on tomorrow, sir? He says, good morning, Carl. I just heard from Carl. Now here's the thing. Um. I'm an old man, and I'm a fool. Uh, <laughs> I'm taking money, taking some money in my pocket. Um, apparently, I'm more out of touch than I ever imagined. Um, there was some actress or somebody on Twitter last night with a video that everybody got except me, um, which is kind of weird. Uh, to be the only person on the planet who doesn't get the joke. Uh, and I looked at the video and I couldn't make it through because it was, it was, it felt like a put on, but the girl was crying and getting emotional. And t in today's world, people tend to do, people tend to get very emotional and stupid on Twitter and feel like. Uh, <laughs> Or on all social media, feel like they have to uh, break down and cry on camera for the trivial, trivials of reasons. Uh, and so there was this thing with this woman. I guess she was doing parody of the movie, uh, not Willy Wonka, but a, I guess a sequel to Willy Wonka, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or something. Uh, and I don't know anything about that shit. I don't know anything about that shit. So I didn't get it. And I couldn't make it through because it was like annoying to me to see this girl start to cry and well up over something that supposedly happened uh, she put out according to the way it started uh she put out D opened up her dms to fans and invited them to a set she was on or something and I, but like she's crying about it and i'm like oh, i can't get through this and so i asked twitter if it was parody and then i realized uh 
I had outed myself for being the only asshole on the planet who, who didn't get the joke, who wasn't in on the joke, who didn't understand the joke. That feels a little awkward. And then it started to get some pile on, on it. Like, what a, what a fool I am. Now, uh, I did not know the movie, and I said I didn't know the movie. And Carl suggested <laughs> that, haven't seen it, you're in it, which to me says right away the movie sucked but apparently it couldn't have sucked if so many people saw it liked it comment on it and understand it maybe it didn't suck but any movie that has something that reminds you of me in it i would think it has to suck big time anyway uh so I, I, there i am the guy on the island not in on the joke um it was that other than that um, I am in a situation where I have to break up, I have to break up with, uh, Paul J. Good morning, Paul. Paul says he was in Ishtar. Uh, I don't see now. I'm, I don't get that joke. I, I'm wondering if he really was like an extra in the movie or, uh, just pulling my leg or is there a joke there? See now. This is going to be my thing, the guy who doesn't get jokes. I'm the guy who doesn't get the joke. That's my <laughs> that's my new thing. Um, Paul was in Ishtar. Uh, he was in the movie. Uh, really? Oh, did you have a speaking line? Now, this is interesting. Um, tell us more, Paul. You should come on the show, man. <laughs> um. That's that's an interesting thing. How how and why did you get in the movie? Was it an acting role? Were you pursuing an acting career? Did you have lines? Maybe I'm not the guy who is not in on the joke. Maybe that this could be uh, played a country singer. Wow. Well, that that almost fits, I guess. Uh, the singer part. I've never seen you do like um, real country. Or what I consider country, not this modern crap that we uh, link me up. I'll come on new phone. Oh, what do you mean? Carl doesn't have a Carl doesn't have a baby. How do I do it? How do I do? All right, let me see. Copy. Um, um, let's stay on long anyway. I'm I'm hitting the road really really soon but let me see uh messages call 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 all right i sent you a private message on twitter in the uh imagine it. i'm interested in this uh paul J playing a country singer let me see ishtar wait do you have an imdb page paul imdb uh I'm looking, seeing Ishtar. Ish. A country singer in, um, like, Afghanistan or wherever wherever they landed. Ishtar. Uh, movie matches. Ba, 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 1987. Um, full cast, top cast. Entire cast. I'm not saying you listed there. Um, did you know uh, country singer part part? They don't wear movie comedy. Blah blah blah. I'm just looking at. Did you get to meet 
Dustin Hoffman or uh, Warren Beatty or Charles Grodin or any of those people? This, this is curious. Paul was in the movie. Ishtar was a um, under Paul Standig. Paul Standig. Um, okay. Wow, this is a serious shit. So I'm just curious. Were you pursuing an acting career? Uh, is this what you wanted to do? At some point you decided uh, to take... Uh, yeah, Paul Standing, actor Ishtar. <laughs> uh, Paul Standing is known for Ishtar and Real Men Don't Watch pregame, 1996, full bio. What the hell, man? How did how did this happen? And I don't know about it. Real Men Don't Watch pregame. What is that? Um, a live event, classic Beach Olympic style competition. Uh. All right, Paul, we, you really got to come on the show and talk about this because um, it's a very interesting thing, and I'm feeling um, I'm feeling confused here. Uh, for people who don't know, Paul J is a uh, singer, long, local Long Island guy, very popular uh, band he's, he has together, and he's, uh, I guess he's become a hired gun for uh, tribute bands now. We call walking through the neighborhood. What are you doing out there? Good morning. Uh, walking. Walking. Yeah, lovely fresh. Wow, the phone. The phone is like uh, a lot of wind, wind noise or something. Going oh, on. apologies. Yeah, there's probably some wind. Can it? It's uh, too bad. You need to sing Jerusalem. You know, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Uh, um, of Jerusalem, and to those feet in ancient times, walk upon I know, the tune. I know the tune. I know the tune from football, but yeah, it's, uh, this is the field where I'm often in. Uh, um, have you moved again? What's going on? No, no, I've been here for a while. I thought you were a city dweller. And I'm I'm shocked to see that you are a countryside dweller. <laughs> yeah, I'm on I'm on the uh, the farthest reaches of the London tube, so the, the train goes to here. Uh, but it's only forty minutes to central London. Wow, so that's where I'm right now. But I'm in the process of figuring out exactly where to move to. So I'm trying to organise that soon. Uh, so um, I know I, I'm a fool. But it, could you get me hip to this old joke that I'm not in? You know, and what is what was the joke? Willy Wonka. It's a Gene Wilder classic. Uh, okay, I don't know. Yeah, I just never was interested. It looked like silliness to me. It looked like a child movie. Well, so yeah, it had it had had midgets painted orange that worked in the chocolate factory. It had uh, greedy. It's just a th- something you always see as a kid. It's a great movie. It's Gene and Wilder. So, He's great. Right. Well, okay. Uh, I, I'll, I'll go with I you. I can't believe you've seen that. It must have been the time when you were kidnapped by the Chinese. So, <laughs> no, I was much older than that when that movie came out. I was probably in my 20s. I was getting stoned and I was uh, hanging with bands, and that was just kid shit to me. But whatever. So I'm oh, not cool. I, I'm not hip. But w- what was her joke about? Because she was crying. She was talking about uh, inviting people that. that 
from her fans to the set. Now, I don't even know this woman. I guess she's a famous actress or something. Was Do you know? Oh, look, I'm not. He froze up and I'm not going to get the answer. I'm never going to know what the what what the world is laughing at. What, did you enjoy that clip? Anyway, did, was it funny in your eyes? No. No, you're not with me. You can't hear me. There we go. Oh, you can't hear me. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I, I lost you. It, it uh, disappeared from my headphones. I can okay. hear you quietly from my phone. Sorry. Um, you did you, now, was that clip funny, or in your eyes, or was was it good? Or because uh, I still, even with the insight, well, I, that I, it's a parody. Yeah, but I liked it because it it was built. Yeah, but it was building up like it was going to be like a sexual assault or something, right? That's what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Like she invited some fans over, and they just got drunk and hit on her or something. So I thought it was okay, but then then I got it and thought, yeah, it was just a simple. I know, I know, crying women isn't uh, something that you like to watch. No, you know, uh, no, it's traumatic. I didn't mind. It, 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 was, it was okay, mind. but I think you really, you really need to know Willy Wonka, the nineteen seventy-one. Seventy-one. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So at nineteen seventy-one, I was twelve It's a freaky film. It's quite, quite psychedelic, I guess. Yeah. Huh. So and is that the girl who did that? Is she like a famous actress? So you were or flying to LA on your own. You were smoking cigarettes, uh, finding girls run by the bins. Yeah, I, 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 I guess she's got a following. I've no idea. I, I didn't recognize her. All right. Well, thank you for getting me hip to that. I feel like at least I, uh, I have some understanding of what everybody was laughing <laughs> at now. I, that's. A, I didn't. I didn't know if you were joking. That's a that's a uh, awful wow. feeling to know that everybody else is in on the joke. Everybody gets the joke, and you you're the only person on the planet who doesn't get the joke. I'm just gonna walk over someone's grave here. Um, no, if uh, if you haven't been kidnapped by the Chinese, you look quite. You look like now you look like you're getting into a place where you, you're in a or dangerous. Or if you hadn't been out smoking or setting up bands or whatever you were up to at twelve. Got it. Yeah. Now you look like you're in a, getting into a place that might be dangerous. I'm seeing, I don't know, like, I don't know, warriors might jump out at any moment. Dangerous. The Lord and, God. Lord yeah. Lord Jesus Christ, sir. An old Roman Catholic <laughs> church or something right behind you or next to you or something. Is that what that is? I'm scared. I'm scared. I don't want to. <clears throat> No, I wasn't joking, uh, Kelly. I did not know the movie. I don't. Kelly is uh, making more fun they of could, me. Now. They could, they could do. If this was the seventies, maybe. Uh, oh, Ke- it would have been dangerous if this was the if this was the fifteen. So Kevin says uh, he he was. Uh, uh, you're out by probably, a, a probably Protestant. I think calls out, calls out with the uh, um, very, uh, that's weird. I can't mute him. Can't mute him. Can't mute him. Because your mic is making a lot of noise now. Well, I think, you know, it just, it's sad that he never saw the movie as a child. But I think he would have loved it as a kid. But, um, I'll watch the movie. This weekend I'll try to find some time to actually watch the movie so I understand what everybody... Uh, Whatever, what the fuss is about. 
It just never seemed. I, I I remember seeing commercials for it. It just seemed like really childish to me. I guess. And you know what? At the By time, what? if if it was 1971, I was probably doing acid and, and like tripping out. It might have scared me. All right, I'm gonna take you out because uh, it's very noisy. It was very noisy. Plus, I'm gonna leave in a few minutes here. Uh, are you better now? No, you're not better now. Unmute mic. I can't unmute his mic. So he, he's walking around with a muted mic, and um, that's cool. Anyway, I'm really. Uh, I want to get to the bottom of this Paul J thing. My friend Paul J was in Ishtar and uh, another movie called um, what was it called? Something about real men don't go to pregame or something. <laughs> something like that. Anyway, um, that's interesting to me. Paul, that's a big movie, Ishtar. Not like Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, which is, wow. Look at all these hacking attempts. I'm getting hundreds of hacking attempts now on mattmedia.com, which is my marketing site, which I really don't even need anymore. What a great film to take drugs and watch. Yeah. I don't think Ishtar. I think Ishtar was known as uh, one of the worst movies of all time. Uh, I think that's what it's it's most known for, and not because Paul was in it. Paul's very good. <laughs> okay, I'll leave. Yeah, leave. I'll leave. Leave. Damn it! Oh, there you go. Uh, anyway, what was the commercial? Oh, the uh, real men don't do pregame was the commercial. Okay, that was not a film. So, uh, Paul, you got to come on the show and talk about your um, your movie career and uh, or your acting career and uh, yeah, big financial disaster, Ishtar. Um, no, I box office dud. Uh, I'm sure big money for people like Dustin Hoffman and and uh, Warren Warren. Beatty. I was having a senior moment there. Uh, and the production values and all that stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it was kind of set in the Middle East or something like that. I don't, did they actually go to the Middle East? Probably not. <laughs> but, you know, classically known for being one of the worst movies of all time. Anyway, I got to get Paul on to talk about his acting career. Like, obviously, he passed an audition for a very high-profile movie. Uh, to me, that would get me excited and to keep doing it and to be go in full force. Um, and I would have never, never came back to music. I think, um, which is interesting uh, because um, also. Uh, if you know Paul, follow him all on social media, and why not? If you don't, why not? Because he's on Facebook and you're all on Twitter. That's why not. Um, I have a roving mic here, Carl. I'll send it to you. Uh, it's a um, one of these uh, lavalier lavalier deals. You just pin on your shirt and you plug it into the, the phone, whatever. Um, I will send it to you, though. Uh, but so... If you follow Paul at all, and you probably don't because he's on Facebook and all you people are on Twitter, uh, he's a lifelong musician, and he you can follow the roots of his music musical career and the evolution of it from 
young childhood. Um, now he's a lead singer. He doesn't play guitar that often. Plays bass in a tribute band. Uh, but he's a very good guitar player as well and has been playing, I guess, all his life and I believe started as a drummer. Um, but so been in music all his life and then decided to go into movies and got into a very high-profile production. And then one shot and out uh, and then did a beer commercial or some kind of commercial uh, 20 years later or 10 years later, whatever. That's a... It's a story to be told there, and I want to get to the bottom of the story. Paul, you must uh, now commit to coming on, whether the morning show or the evening show, whatever. Uh, Kevin's going back to the doctor today. Time for more bad news in person, assuming. Uh, That's a bad attitude, my friend. Um, Assume the best. I had somebody on the show the other night. Well, maybe it was last week about about that you know uh i don't remember who it was now oh maybe the lady who walked uh the 500 mile cat katrine israel uh she walked 500 miles on the common sandy uh camino santiago um man i'm having senior moments left and right uh, i just want to hike well we all just want something right yeah, didn't uh, Mick Jagger explain that to us at one point? Um, you can't always get what you want. Anyway, uh, good to see Carl's face. He's out there walking around in Dahmerland, uh, <laughs> where showing us where he buried all the bodies. It's like a subconscious thing for Carl. He's kind of just like roaming through and um, kind of giving us hints about where he buried all the bodies, which is, I guess, just a, it's a cry for help, isn't it? It is. It's a cry for help. Uh, and so let's all reach out to call today. I, uh, what we should all do, if you have $50, $100 laying around, just Venmo it to call. Um, there's a call manager email. I forget his email address. I have it, but uh, but just you know, f- figure it out. Okay. Contact him on Twitter. Get his uh, his Venmo. Send him fifty. Send him a hundred. Got a couple of hundred. Send him a couple of hundred. Why not? Um, he walked on graves for content. <laughs> well, you know what? Everything is a grave. This entire planet is a grave. It's impossible that any piece of land you're going to find doesn't have some something dead underneath it somewhere it's impossible the planet has been uh traversed by many a living creature for millions of years not six thousand years by the way um so it's it's virtually impossible literally impossible that there isn't something dead right here so we're all walking on graves for and not necessarily for content now this is um i don't know if you call this content actually this is not content. This is me explaining, and I started to explain this, and I will I will finish up with that, and then I'll hit the road. My part, my work, not my part, like I'm not in the movie. My work on the movie that I, uh, has taken me away from Coffee with the Dog is complete. 
but the people who I would did the work for are acting like it's not complete and like I'm supposed to still be part of the team and still show up every day and like I'm at a point where I need to break up professionally uh um Kevin says should be exponentially more ghost there than in the US. Uh maybe. I don't know. I don't know what makes you say that because because it's a small place. It it hasn't I know I understand they've been more civilized for longer. But their population for a lot longer. They've been more civilized for a lot longer. I don't know. We'd have to do the math on this. We need to get a an MIT mathematician to figure out the odds of... Uh, we are natives across the U.S., but we've been here on this continent 500 years? Six, what, 500 years. Let's, just, let's put it at 500 years, just to be fair. 500 years is a long time, and it's a much bigger country and population i believe the country uh the population of the uk is like florida man and that's the the all-time high like it wasn't always that populated you know, i don't know i don't know we need to get a, a mit guy a mathematician to figure out how many who's got more ghosts we, and north america I, uh, when I when I think about here, I'm not just thinking about the United States with the 320 million people living here now. You distracted me, you bastard! I was about I was just trying to get through, <laughs> just trying to get through my situation here with the show. So I have a um, I have to figure out a way to break up with a. A, a somebody who had employed me for a month while I was doing something creative and now still is not letting go of me. And I have to kind of break it to him. Like, I I didn't take this full-time for a permanent. Uh, I take it to work on the film, work on a couple of projects. Now, I am interested in his TV station that he wants to put together. I'd love to be a part of that. Love to manage his podcast studio. But right now, there's no... There's like three, four people doing podcasts out of that studio. Nice. That's a nice studio. I might... I thought maybe if I could clean it up, do the morning show out of there, I might be able to get more actual physical guests in, in there. More, I should say, any. I've never had a physical guest in this space. I don't know how I would do that here and set up a multi-camera shoot here. There are multi-cameras all around. So, uh, yes, another successful working relationship. You're absolutely right, Carl. That's, that's what uh, my life is. It's one series of um, broken, broken hearts in the business world. Uh, one long one. Uh, Kevin's, we got Kevin in a morbid thing now. He's going to the doctor thinking about death and catacombs and ghosts and <laughs> creepy dead places. Um, not a good mindset to be in on the way to the doctor, I think. 
again, you got to put on a happy face, get a happy attitude, get a positive attitude. Everything's going to be right. Doctor's going to say, you know what? We were wrong. You don't need surgery. All you need is um, mushrooms. Go hike. Go hike. That's what's going on. Thinking of my uh, bones uh, stacked up with titanium holes. Now, no, here's what's going to happen. I just told you what's going to happen. You're going to go to the doctor and it's going to say, you know, we were wrong. All you need, all you need is a microdose every day. And go hike, young man. Quit your job, microdose, and walk. Walk on, young man. Walk on. Uh, Kev has catacombs away up there. That's uh, why we all get along. I don't know. I don't know what you're saying, Kelly. Is this a, a, a Willy Wonka uh, reference? Chocolate Factory reference? Listen, I love chocolate factories, by the way. Chocolate factories are a good thing. The world needs more chocolate factories. Um, but uh, I don't I don't get any beer jokes lately, Kelly. Not a one. Um, not a one. Good coffee this morning. It's Wednesday morning. Um, only October 19th, which is, October's taking a long time. October feels like a long month. Don't you think so? Or is it just me? I feel like um, this is a good time for me to run. I do have to go. Here's what I'm going to be doing today in case you really want to bore yourself thinking about this. Today, I will be finalizing a bunch of video series for a guy who is a motivational speaker in the John Maxwell world. He's a John Maxwell certified leadership and uh, training, leadership, coaching, and training, training and coaching um, dude. But he's also, if you know John Maxwell, John Maxwell is like, He's like Tony Robbins and Billy Graham. He's a Christian, uh, but he's a prosperity Christian. And um, kind of a grifter. <laughs> he, may, he makes a lot of money and is unapologetic about charging people tens of thousands of dollars to use his name to repeat the things he says. That's grift. Listen, you could repeat the things I say. If you find any value in anything I said, you're free to repeat them. And the same is true of John Maxwell. You don't need to pay him. <laughs> if he says something that resonates with you, you don't really need to buy it from him. It's not like you're doing joke theft or anything. Oh, that's a, that's a that's an inspirational quote. I will use that. But if you want to say certified by John Maxwell, you're going to need to pay him $20,000. And he's got, listen, I that's not my world. But I personally have worked with five people now who are John Maxwell certified coaches, trainers, and they've all paid tens of thousands of dollars 
somebody, one person I know has paid over $100,000 in order to mimic him, in order to imitate him, in order to take his words and teach them to people as if they were his people, uh, their, your words, my words. So I'm going to pay $110,000 to get certified by Maxwell so I can go out and do John Maxwell's show pretty much verbatim. So and that's what I'm going to be doing today. I'm going to be working on finalizing a video series for one of those guys. Uh, Kevin saying 6.6 6 to 7 million dead people's bones moved when they started collapsing hotel walls. Where was that? Got to be ghosts. Uh, Got to be a ghost in there somewhere. Uh, it's just surprising to hear Kevin talk about ghosts. Because I know he's not like a real, well, maybe I don't know. I always assumed he wasn't like a real spiritual dude. And ghosts, the belief in ghosts is not that far from the belief in other weird shit we've talked about. Um, oh, I know. I'm not lucky enough to die mid-surgery. I got the I got the luck where I just have a stroke in the surgery and be paralyzed on one side and live for 140 to 140 years old. I'm really surprised about this. Uh, France is where he's talking about with the um, the six to seven million dead people's bones. You know the Amityville Horror uh, story is uh, that's a Native American graveyard, supposedly where that house is built. Uh, a lot of lot of spirits there. I know some Freemasons. But at least you go go to swinger parties with judges. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, swinger parties with judges. Nothing's ever been easy for me. Kevin says, uh, "Yeah, I, I, same here." But I'm just kind of surprised. It sounds to me, I don't know. Maybe it's just the me who doesn't get jokes. But it sounds to me like you have some sort of mild belief in ghosts which would be surprising to me because it didn't seem to me I thought you rejected all that kind of stuff, anything that was out there. Now, I have to say, I don't believe in ghosts. I like to believe in spirit that lives beyond us, but beyond this physical thing, but I can't say that I do believe. Uh, I don't outright reject it like flat earth. Uh, I don't outright reject it and completely think it's nonsense, um, but I'm surprised to see Kevin talking about ghosts. And I don't know if he's pulling my leg or just playing, or playing along, making the show a little more entertaining this morning, or uh, truly believes in spirit, like afterlife, and the possibility that we can live on in spirit form, ghost form, whatever. And I guess it's the season for that, right? Usually, I mean, the, for, it's been a couple of years now, but every Halloween I had on uh, uh, ghost hunters and people like that. Uh, hey, he's medicated, so anything is possible. Okay. All right, I feel a little bit better knowing that. Anyway, I should probably run. I said that 20 minutes ago. I'm saying it again now. I really should probably run. Uh, I have to, 
and I'm open to advice. How do you break up with a, an employee? It's like it, I was never good at breaking up with girlfriends. Uh, I always tried to make it so they broke up with me because uh, I did not have the heart to say, listen, I'm breaking up with you. I don't want to be with you anymore. And the same is true with employers. I mean, when I was young, I had no no problem just walking off a job. Where are you going? I quit. Fuck you. I quit. Um, but it was clear when I took this work that it was a temporary thing. It was only going to be for a couple of weeks, a month, maybe two months at the most. But it's done now. And to be honest with you, I think it was a failure. I think my part in it was a failure or a waste of time, waste of his money. I'm not giving the money back, but I do think they didn't need me. <laughs> I was a failure. I mean, I didn't bring anything of uh, value t- to the project, and I'm not sure what the status of the project is going to be. But now he's got me doing things like John Maxwell motivational videos. And my heart's not in that. And I never wanted to be. And it's, it's like, you know what? I got to get back to doing what I want to do. I got to. This was not supposed to. We're not married. We had a nice thing. It's over. How do I go about saying that to an employer who's really talking? Talking like uh, I'm part of the organization forever now. And don't get me wrong, see, part of it is I don't want to burn that bridge. I want to be able to use this podcast studio. I want to remain, can we still be friends? <laughs> silly. I know, I'm silly. Listen, for the guy who doesn't get the Willy Wonka jokes, I can be silly. Um, anyway, so I have, I, I have a drive that I can think about these things on, and I can say to myself, how do I... How do I do this politically where I'm breaking up with the organization but still keeping the door open for me to use that podcast studio, which I really, really want to do. And I would love to be able to develop business for them, but I found out they have no growth plan for their business. I don't know where they're getting new clients from, new business, new people come in for video productions and all that stuff. They don't advertise. They're not out there actively getting new clients. It's like word of mouth. Everything comes to them, you know, and sitting back and waiting for business to come to you is never a good business model for me. But on the podcast stuff, I was thinking, put some money into advertising and develop it, get people who want to do podcasting who are real estate people, a lot of real estate people and financial uh, business people who want to do a podcast to support their business. But they suck at podcasting. They don't have production skills. They don't have any... If uh, And you people, if you follow the podcasting world, you know there's billions of fucking... Lots of podcasts out there. And a lot of people have no media training whatsoever. They've never spoken to a microphone ever in their life. They're not radio people. They're not television people. But they wanted to be, I guess, in the back of their mind somewhere. And so they got into this podcasting thing. And they suck at it. And they they have no idea 
about how cameras work, how audio equipment works. Those would be great people to get into the studio. And I thought, wow, there's a lot of that out there, a lot of opportunity. But you have to reach out. You can't just sit on the couch and wait for them to knock on your door and say, hey, I need some help. You have to have an outward push, and there's none of that. There's no marketing for the thing. Um, Kevin says, I need this chat room to even talk to you all. Uh, what do you mean? Uh, I didn't even know you were in Twitter jail. Um, what did you do? Did you curse out some right winger or something? What, what did you do? Uh, Kevin says, muscle relaxes and Percocet, and even I think maybe go surreal. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that was one of the things that came up last night. Because Jay, Jay uh, Whitecotton going to be on the guest, uh, a guest on a special episode Sunday night because he's got a Halloween special coming out, which is looking really cool, by the way. Uh, if you're around Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, check out Mindo TV podcast, Jake white cotton um but he was talking about vaccines and said his his rationale about taking getting vaccinated was you know what and i don't think he said this but i've snorted unknown chemicals off a toilet seat in a dive bar i'm not really worried about what's in a vaccine <laughs> Uh, he didn't say about all the toilet seat in the dive bar. That was a, a me. But, you know, for, for those of us who experimented with controlled substances of unknown origin, like meth heads, people who use crystal meth, a lot of homemade meth, I mean, basically is uh, freon from an air conditioner in there. There's right radiator fluid. <laughs> You know, uh, formaldehyde, I think, whatever, very foreign chemical stuff you're not supposed to put in your body. They're doing that all the time. And those people are saying, well, I'm not getting vaccinated. Who knows what's in that? Who knows what's in that? You just snorted radiator fluid. I guess that's a good place to end it. Sell yourself as the marketing guy, part-time plus commission consider. I would. That 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 was my plan, Carl, but there doesn't seem to be a budget for it. You know, that's my thing. They, I went to him and talked about oh, God, I'm all excited now. I wanted to be the guy to help them get inward traffic, be a marketing guy, outward outward advertising to get inward traffic. But they don't, they've never operated that way. They don't advertise. They don't even call call. They don't even do anything. They don't, they don't get off the couch to get new business. They just sit there and so far it's worked waiting for new business to come to them. Uh, that nose problem. What am I getting? Oh, Mike Barone. Um, and it's worked for them, and that's the problem. So there's no, they don't have any money set aside for marketing. I, that's me. That's what I want to do. Uh, that's what I wanted to do, sell this thing and make a bundle off of selling their possible services. And just, I'll just say this. Before. Their core business, real estate, 
videography, drone videography, walkthroughs of mansions and stuff like that. That's their core business. That They're getting plenty of that just by word of mouth, just coming to them. So they don't need to go. Although if there's a real estate crash, the guy's out of business tomorrow. So that's why I'm kind of pushing this thing. Now he's got a television thing he wants to do. I didn't even read Kevin's comment. Uh, they were missing several days, and someone found their body parts in the river. All four were shot and dismembered and disposed of in a river. Who the hell are we talking about? Uh, uh, he's on a seven-day read-only uh, band. Anyway, um, so, yeah, so um, he's got this television thing also now that I'm interested in. What? Well, not television. It's an app on his phone. Rather than being on, like, Roku, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV and all this stuff, he's excited about a Vimeo app that's on the phone. Now, Vimeo wants to charge, again, thousands of dollars a month for this ability just to put your video on on a phone app. Like, people have YouTube. You can do that for free. I don't understand. And he has content that people aren't interested in, like real estate walkthroughs. This is and motivational speakers and coffee shops. Not stuff that people give a fuck about. Not compelling TV. So he he asked me like, what should I do with the you know original content? How do we do that? We got. And he's got a very small crew there. Uh, he's got probably about 12 photographers, videographers, film guys that work for him. And four editors. And that four includes me right now. So he's going to be down to three in a couple of days. Uh, so there's this idea that he wants to invest in this original content on an app sponsored by or powered by Vimeo or something but doesn't have the content and relying on me to come up with ideas for it. He's talked about a cooking show. Well, I thought, well, hack would be great for that. We could get hack and send hack some money to do a weekly cooking show for his network thing, but he wants it to be exclusive and he wants it. So if you're going to take somebody off of YouTube and you're going to have to pay them for that. I don't know. I don't know. I want, I want to be involved, but not to the extent where it's taking me away from this. So I'll be back doing this soon enough. That's all I'm going to say about that. Thanks for spending an hour with me. I only intended to do a half-hour show today, or at at best, at most, at maybe at worst, if you think about it. But uh, here I am, almost an hour in. It's time for me to tell you, turn on your radio. I hate to let you all just go, especially Kevin, since he's uh, bed-bound, home-bound, Percocet-bound, thinking about ghosts. There's probably a ghost under his bed right now. Trying to reach up and grab its foot, just as he says.
listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.